Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to thank all my subscribers and listeners that dedicate a little bit of time just to hear what I got to say. Thank you so much, but the struggle is real and it continues. Please spread awareness and do your part by making sure that you are subscribed and liking each of the episodes that you listen to. Share my episodes and, and spread awareness of my channel and what it is that I'm doing. These things, these little things right here is what helps me grow and helps sponsorship come my way as I am a struggling ex-con. I appreciate the support, the love, and thank you so much for tuning in. More to come. Jessica. Yes? This is Thomas. Hi. How are you? Good. Give me one second. I'm... Eric's one of five. So. <laughs> one of five, huh? Uh huh. Here you go. Uh, okay. Okay. So you you know Demita? Is that how you heard about me? Is that well? I seen the live that uh she was talking. I guess with you on the phone or 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 however. And I came in super late. I didn't know what was going on. But what I am, um, I have my own organization here in the Tampa Bay area, and I also have a pretty big podcast. And, okay. and what I do on the podcast is the podcast is essentially a voice for the voiceless because there's so much corruption going on. Yes. Um, it's it's hard for anybody to really gain awareness to their own particular thing. So that's kind of where I help at is is forming a show, a discussion, and just letting the viewers view it from there. So. Yeah, so are you aware of anything? What's going on with my son? Or I, I am I, not at all. What had happened is, is that my son, my son turned 18 August 1st of last year. And my son got arrested by the FBI on September 1st of last year. They arrested him and they are charging him with two counts of production of child pornography, one count of possession. Because when he was 17, he received pictures of two girls that were 16 over Snapchat. So as soon as he turned 18, they arrested him and they're charging him. With two counts of production and one count of possession, and he's looking at 70 years in a federal prison. That's the story with my son. Has he ever been in trouble before? Nope. He's never met these girls, never asked to meet these girls, never had no criminal record. He graduated early, had a full ride to college. Where's... And he's also being held with no bond. He still has no bond. So he's still sitting in there. I'm trying to get him out since September. Yeah, I was federal, so I'm, I'm familiar with the federal system. But he received... So he's just he's just been arrested in September. He's been sitting in there. Uh -huh. He hasn't has he spoken to anyone? Just his public defender, and they're trying to get him to plead out to like twenty five year plea deal and eighteen year plea deal, and he won't because no. he's going to go to trial. Yes, yes. This is mm -hmm. the, this is the um the technique that they use. So don't let the time scare you. Yeah, well, that's what my son said. He's like, I'd rather sit here for two, three years, then go to federal prison for 30. Yeah. Because each count of production is a 15 minimum and 30 maximum, and they're charging him with two counts. And then the possession is a zero to 10. So if he gets convicted, they're going to ask for 70, because they're going to ask to stack them. Well, this the is, prosecutor's going to ask to stack them. Well, this is the thing. He was, how old was he when he got the snap? 17? No, he started talking to these girls when he was 17. They were 16. He then rolled over to 18 and was still talking to them. So he received two pictures after he turned 18. 
He received one picture on August 5th, so he was 18 for four days, and then another picture August 14th. But he was talking to these girls when he was 17. The feds knew about him when he was 17. He got reported when he was 17. Who reported him? They had him? everything they needed. One of the girl's parents is what I'm guessing. I don't know um, because I can't really talk to him about it. But that's what I'm guessing is one of the girl's parents may have probably saw what she was doing or whatever. His indictment and everything, they had everything they had on him July 27th. He was still 17. They waited until his 18th birthday and then they filed all the paperwork on him. He was reported and everything. He was still 17. But they the, sat on him and waited. But the pictures came in when? When he was 18? They came in when he was 17 and then there was two pictures, yes, when he was 18. What were the pictures of? Uh, one was a girl just naked and then another one, there's actually a video of a girl and she's she's masturbating for my son. On a video. Like he's never seen them. He's never met them. Like he's never, you know what I mean? Like they don't know each other in person. And they're also charging him with interstate commerce because Snapchat servers are in California. So they're saying that he used interstate commerce to receive the pictures because both the girls were also in Kansas. So he didn't, there was no, they're in the same state. Yeah. None of this is going to fly. Oh, I know. I know it's not. That's why my son knows it. And I mean, it's, you know, it's two girls, two pictures. And I actually called the U.S. Attorney's Office here in Philadelphia because I live in Philadelphia. And Attorney's Office here told me that one, there's two reasons that the federal government would pick up this case. One, if it's a ring, if he's in, in involved in something bigger. Yes. And he's not. Or two, if they were prepubescent, like young, young girls, and they caught him early, they would still pursue it. Twelve or, or Either, twelve or younger. Yes. None of these apply. So they told how, how me. Do, how do you know 100% that your son was not involved in more than just these pictures? Because he told me. But you don't know 100%. Well, I mean, I don't know 100%, but I know he wouldn't be sitting in there, like, covering up for anybody, if that's what you mean. Like, because he said, like, you know, on his interview and everything, he stated, because they came in, here's what happened. So when they arrested him, they came in the house at, like, 5 in the morning. He was living with his dad at the time. It was his dad and his brother. What had happened was, they came in at, like, 5 in the morning, they took my ex-husband out, they took my 17-year-old son out, and then they took Eric out. They told him from the beginning, they said, look, we do not have a warrant for your arrest, which is true, because the FBI agent told me that. He said, all we have a warrant for is your electronics, your phone, your Xbox, that kind of stuff. Eric said, okay, whatever. Then they were just asking questions like, is this your phone? He's like, yes. Is this your account? He said, yes. Is this your Snapchat? Yes. Does it belong to only you? He said, yes, it's just, it's just mine. Because he didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand what, you know, why they were there. So he then says, you know, they ask him all the questions like, okay, so this is just yours. He's like, yes, you know, yours alone, solely, whatever. He's like, yeah, it's just mine. Nobody else has looked at. No, it's just mine. I'm in full control of it. So then they say to him right before he gets out of the car, they go, oh, well, we need you to open up your phone. And open up your Snapchat account. So he opened it because he didn't know that he didn't have to. Because all they kept telling him was, look, we don't have a warrant for your arrest. You're going to go home tonight. We're not going to take you anywhere. And right at the end, they said, but we need you to open your phone and we need your password to your Snapchat. He gave it to them and they arrested him. Was any of that recorded? It was all recorded. And they made him read himself his own rights. They gave him a card and said, read this. It was his Miranda rights. They said, do you understand that? He was like, no, what's going on? But because he followed the no with what's going on, he asked them a question, and they therefore continued with the interview, even though he said no. 
he was never asked if he wanted an attorney until he was being driven to the jail. So he was driven from his house to the FBI headquarters, interviewed again without asking if he wants an attorney. And then on the way to the jail from the second interview, he was asked if he wanted an attorney. And, and you say the Miranda part was recorded? Everything was recorded, he said. My son told me that. Where's that recording at? He has it. Where is it My at? My son has it. Where, it's though? At, it's, at, it's at the Harvey County Jail. You need to get that. I can't get it. They won't give me any. And he, they said he, that all. He has to. Because re- they have it as evidence, right? Yeah. Well, no, they said because he still hasn't seen any of his discovery. He hasn't seen any of these pictures. He hasn't seen any of the text messages. He hasn't seen anything against him since he's been there. So with Demita and I, what we did is that we had him write a letter to the judge. And that's what actually got him seen into court. Right before he went to the judge, his attorney drops off the recordings and tells him, this is your discovery. Now, I have all the records that say his discovery is like 874 pages. That's his whole discovery. And his attorney told me that they have, in his whole discovery, they have 24 pictures and that one video. That's all they got on him. That's it. And all the pictures, except for two were when he was 17. And also, his attorney told me that they sectioned them off. So, like, boobs, they don't count. So all the pictures of just boobs, they don't count. And then they section them off to um, when he was under 18. So they go into the possession charge. So all they have is five pictures after he turned 18 of two girls that were 16. That's all they have on him. And one video that the girl sent. Everything was sent to my son. He never sent anything back. Everything that they, they have on him was sent to him. From that. And do you know without a doubt that these girls were just regular girls and that they weren't uh, feds operating under the guise of young kids? No, they're, they're, yeah, they're actual girls. But here's the thing. We don't know who these two girls are. They will not tell us their identity because they're, they're victims. Right. Is what they're calling them. And they're juveniles. Everybody that I've spoken to, including a couple attorneys, have said, I guarantee you, one of these girls, especially either probably the girl who reported him, her parents are somehow involved with that office because that's the only thing that makes sense. It's the only reason why the feds would have picked this up. Well, this is this with. is why I asked you what I asked you because this isn't something that the feds would pick up. Yeah, I know. And then and then yeah. to and then to 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 try to the pressure that they're putting on this kid. This is again. These are why. This is why I asked the questions that I asked. Is has he mm-hmm. been in trouble before? You know, things of that nature, because the pressure that they're applying to him is is somebody that they really want. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is hit them with all of this time to get him to plea out. That is what they're trying to do. Oh, I know. I told him that. And he's not because he gave me power of attorney. So he can't sign anything anyway. Even if they came to him with a plea deal and said, hey, like, we're going to let you go with time served, but you got to sign this and say you're guilty. It would be void because I have power of attorney over my son. For all of his legal matters, medical, everything. And that's another thing, too. When they arrested him, he had braces on. They waited nine and a half months to give him any kind of medical treatment before they took them out. But, yeah, there's something there's something going on with this case. There's something going on. And his attorney is a part of it. Because his attorney, his public defender, is sabotaging my son on purpose. How? Because I believe that he wants a job in the U.S. Attorney's Office. So after my son you know, wrote a letter to the judge and did everything he was supposed to do, saying he wanted a new attorney, all this stuff, like he wanted pre-trial release, all this stuff. So the judge agrees to give him a hearing. 
the Friday before his hearing was scheduled for May 20 or March 22nd, which was the Tuesday, because I drove down for it. The his attorney comes in and says, look, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I know I haven't been around as much. Like, I don't I don't want to, like, not be on your case. Like, uh, you know, all this stuff. And then he tells my son that if he fights him on it, he's going to fight him to stay on his case. That he's not just going to go away. Long story short, he tells my son everything basically that he wants to hear. He's like, look, you know, my son's like, I have to get out of here. Like, I can't prepare properly in here. I'm not taking a plea deal, whatever. The attorney says, well, look, we can use, you know, your braces. Because I told, I texted his attorney and said, look, like, he needs treatment. Like, they had an appointment for him. They just canceled it, didn't even take him. His attorney says, look, we can use that as a way to get you out at your pre-trial release if you keep me on as your attorney. His attorney calls me, tells me the same thing, like, look, you know, He's going to keep me on as his attorney, and we're going to use his braces on Tuesday to get him out, and he can get out on a medical thing. So my son agrees to keep him. Here we find out at his hearing that his attorney made him an appointment the Monday before his before his hearing, so they, they wouldn't release him. His attorney called the dentist and made him an appointment, and my son nor myself didn't know that. Because the judge said, well, doesn't he have an appointment scheduled? And the, the lawyer said, yes, for April 17th. And both my son and I looked at each other because nobody told us that. So I called the dentist office, and the office manager told me that his attorney called and made the appointment on the 21st. So then I look at the PACER account, and it shows on there that, yes, on the 21st of March, he did put in a hearing for pretrial release for that Tuesday, but then he canceled it the same day and never told my son or me because I drove all the way down there thinking I was going to go pick up my son, if that makes any sense to you. Are you going to hire an attorney? I, I can't. I wanted to, but it's federal, and nobody will take it for anything less than $80,000 retainer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was quoted up to $200,000 for this case. Retainer. They all tell me the same thing, like that there's something shady, something weird going on here. And they said, you know, are you sure it's not like little kids and like he just doesn't want to tell you? I said, that's because his indictment clearly states that the girls were 16. So, you know what I mean? Like there's something going on. So, so my son just sent another letter to the judge about his pre-trial release because his attorney told him that on his status hearing that he was denied pre-trial release, that he brought it off at his status hearing on the 19th of April, but he was denied. So I called probation, and probation said that he was not denied, that they're still waiting on his attorney to schedule a hearing with the judge to deny it, that his case is still open for him to come home to me as long as I go down and pick him up personal. So since I did that, and I told the judge, you know, like, by your own law statute, you can only keep my son for two reasons. If he's a danger to the community or a flight risk. I said he's not a danger to the community because, number one, like, he hasn't even been evaluated by any kind of doctor, nothing. So he's not a danger to anybody. Number two, he'll be 1,500 miles away from this girl in Philadelphia, and he's not a flight risk because I don't have the funds to make him disappear. You know what I mean? So what they did was they said that they're going to put him on the docket either end of this month, beginning of June, but I have to come up with a $50,000 cash bond to get him out. So I have to come up with 10%, which is five grand, and then I have to come up with $45,000 collateral because no bondsman can take his case because he's better. Right. 
And and the thing of it is, is the charges. It's the charges. The charges is what has that amount of. Yep. So. have agreed to put their house up because I live with my husband, my new husband, and we live in his, you know, it's his parents' house, but we live in it, and they're like, yeah, that's fine, we'll put up the collateral, but I still have to come up with the $5,000 cash, which is why I have a GoFundMe, the me to me to GoFundMe, to try and come up with as much of that as I can, because they didn't even tell me about the collateral, that's the most fucked up part is that probation told me, like, look, if they do let him out, it's going to be a $50,000 cash bond, and you're going to need 10%. His attorney never called me and told me any of that. His attorney hasn't spoken to me in, like, two months. I found out about the collateral because my neighbor was a bond salesman, and he told me to make sure I walk in there with collateral, because if not, I'm not getting him. Like, they want to keep my kid in there for something. My kid knows something that they do not want him to get out to tell me. And I guarantee you, it's whoever this girl is, I guarantee you that her father or her mother or her grandparents, somebody is personally connected to either the prosecutor himself or that office. Because they are trying like hell to keep my son locked up where he cannot speak to me without being on a recorded line. None of this, from the charges to how he's being treated, He's the only one in the whole jail with no bond hold. And he's in the sex offender pod. So how do other sex offenders get bond and he can't? And he's 18. Like, this whole thing makes no sense. And if you shoot me your email, I will send you my son's public record, which has the indictment in it. So you can fact check everything that I tell you before you go out there and you're like, look, this kid's getting fucked over. And you help me out. I want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. The same thing I did with Demita. I want to make sure that you fully understand what is happening before you get yourself involved. Because this case is tricky just because of the nature of the case. You know what I mean? Because people hear, of, you know, sexual exploitation of a child and they automatically think of a child. But when you start opening up the case and you realize that he was 17, just turned 18, they were 16, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. No, I mean, I, I definitely agree that there's power plays being involved here. My, well, my email is freemepodcast at outlook.com. Just remember free me podcast and then Outlook. Okay. Um, and then you can Google free me podcast as well and, and all my platforms come up and you can see. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, 100% love to, you know, just get his story out because... I mean, Eric could literally be anybody's child, and that's what makes this case so unique, is that he could be anybody's 18-year-old son who's dating a 16-year-old, or dating a 17-year-old, which is not out of the realm of possibilities, you know what I mean? And see, what happens is, they have programs in place in prison that they place these individuals with these chargers in, and they get X amount of dollars for these inmates that, that go through these programs. And it's, yeah, a, and it's a lot of money. So mm-hmm. they have been, pedophilia charges have been through the roof in the last five or 10 years. Yep. And when I was in there, they just started bringing these people in in droves. And as we were trying to get them off the compound, they started making memorandums and passing around, you know, the warden would come around and, and, and speak 
to the fact that if any of these people got hurt, right, and they found out who hurt them, they were tacking on five years to that person's sentence. They were protecting these pedophiles because of the programs that they go, that they take them through. The same as an RDAP, you know, the, these drug these drug programs that they have in the federal system. Same thing. They protect those because of the money that they get for each person that goes through that class. Yeah, they get $178,000. If my son gets convicted, they get $178,000 a year. And you know who who pays that, right? We do. So this is what I'm trying to get all Americans to understand, because these people that are sitting in the communities thinking, well, it's prison, it's criminals that don't have anything to do with me. It does, because this is the reason why we're working 60 to 80 hours, because of all of this unchecked spending. And, and, and these people are just reaping the benefits of, of the prison industrial system. And I mean, here's the thing. I know exactly, you know, what had happened. They, you know, they think, okay, 18-year-old kid, like, okay, so this is how fucked up this attorney is. Let me just tell you this from the, from the jump, okay? My son got arrested September 1st. September 11th, his attorney calls me and says, Eric just put a plea deal in for 15 years. This is 10 days in. No discovery. Nobody knows nothing. He convinced my son put a plea deal in for 15 years of his life okay judge denies it the judge says absolutely not like you don't have discovery we don't know what's going on i'm not letting this this you know this kid sign over 15 years of his life they wanted him to sign over 15 years of his life 10 days after he got arrested and that was his attorney that he currently has now so then file a motion with the court to dismiss this attorney based on those grounds right there we did. And that's what I said. When he got, he wrote a letter to the judge explaining everything, and his attorney came in that Friday before and convinced him to tell the judge to keep him on the assumption that if he kept him, he could get him out on pretrial release. So the, the judge said, do you want to keep your attorney? And his attorney said, yes, we've spoken, like he wants to keep me on. And Eric was like, yeah, I want to keep him. And then he pulled that dirty shit about making an appointment for him so he couldn't come home anyway. This attorney told my son, if you write the judge and tell him to get rid of me, I will fight you tooth and nail to stay on your case. This attorney wants this case because he wants to be in a U.S. attorney's office. Yeah, it it doesn't. Yeah, but it, it does not matter what he wants. So, oh, I know. yeah, so it's it's file another motion. You have to get this guy off your case. Yeah, well, he did that. That's why I said he's supposed to see the judge either end of this month, beginning of June. And I told him he's cut all communication with his attorney. Yeah. When his attorney comes to see him, he refuses to see him. Yes. So I told him to do that. I said, just cut communication. Don't call him. If he comes in, don't see him. Refuse it. Just keep your shit. Because my son told him multiple times, I want to go to trial. And the last time he told, my son told him I want to go to trial, he put a plea deal in for 18 years that the prosecution accepted it. And my son said, I never once told you to do that. I am not taking a plea deal. The most important thing to know that you must tell your son, whenever he's on record and he's in that courtroom, do not hold your tongue. Say whatever is on your mind. It does not matter if they beat you, drug you, mace you. Make, oh, make sure that you say it, you scream it. If you feel that you are, 
And that's the thing is, if you have to go through 80 public defenders, it does not matter. They have to give you one to where you feel that you can be accurately represented. And as long as he's in there telling that judge, your honor, I do not feel safe with this. This man is not. I mean, there has to be a, a, a you know, and an, a, a reason, you know, he just can't keep going in and firing his attorney for no reason because they will stop that. Oh, he understands that. But he has every reason because, like, Namita and I have basically put together a foolproof defense to get my son off these charges. And my son will not tell his attorney anything because every time my son tells his attorney something, somehow the prosecution finds out about it and then they fix it. And do not talk over the phone. No, we don't. Okay. Yeah, we don't talk over the phone. That's why I have to get him out. Yeah. So I actually get him home and I can find out, like, look, who is this girl? What is her name? What's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I haven't been able to get anything out of my son because I don't want to incriminate my son. What I had him do for me, like, after he got, like, the discovery where he, because he got his interview, his dad's interview, his brother's interview, and the girl's interview. He got to hear and see all that. So what he did was, he transcripted everything and wrote down word for word who said what, and then he mailed it to me. And then every time he saw his attorney, he would make his attorney sign a piece of paper about what they talked about. Because his attorney told myself, my husband, and my son that this prosecutor is trying our case off of emotion and not evidence. When my son said that in front of his judge, his attorney denied it, that he never said that. So now my son makes him sign everything. Right. Your son is smart. Well, I'm smart. Because my son's a stupid 18-year-old kid. Well... Well, whoever's, yeah, whoever's directing this is, is on point. So that's, I mean, these are the things that, that have to be done. And, yeah. and you let that attorney know that you have, you know, that you have the power. I don't know how that really works him as an adult, but as long as that attorney, whether you do it through email or however, as long as he's put on notice that he is not to file anything without you being notified and okayed. Every email that I send his attorney, I send to the judge. And I also send the probation. So everybody's aware. Okay. Like, I sent him an email and I said, look, I told my son that you lied to his face. The judge never denied him. Probation told me he was not denied, that they're waiting on you to file the motion. And I sent everything that the email that I sent him, I sent one to the judge, one to probation, and I print one out and I mail it to my son. So he has How's your son being treated? He's being treated fine because he's comfortable in there. That's the thing. See, they thought that he would be struggling. And, he, like, I make sure my son has 150 hours a week on his account. So my son don't have to borrow no food, don't have to borrow no soap, don't need to borrow no underwear. He don't need nothing from nobody, which is why he's fine. He's comfortable in there, so he don't mind sitting in there for a year or two years waiting for this the whole thing to go over. But, I mean, he's being treated fine in there, but he's also, he's a fucking child locked in a box with actual fucking baby rapers and molesters 24 hours a day. No, he's only in a pod with sex offenders. That's it. Yeah, they have, they have him segregated. Yeah, with, in a sex offenders pod. And, and, yep. it, yeah. And, 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 and the whole jail knows that. Uh-huh. 
The whole jail is yeah. aware of the sex offenders pod because you got people that are trying to get in there. Trust me. I mean, even the people that are in the pod with him are telling him, do not sign shit. You have a shot. You can beat this shit. Do not sign nothing. And tell him. You are an 18-year-old kid with a 16-year-old victim who technically she shouldn't even be a victim because by the law, she could be charged just as much as my son, if not with more charges, because she produced it, she, she sent it, she made it. I mean, she did all this shit, and they're going to charge my son because he received it, and they're going to charge him with production because he asked for a picture. Because he asked her, send me a picture of your booty, they're charging him with production because they're saying if he wouldn't have asked for it, she wouldn't have sent it. But yet she sent all the pictures of her titties and everything on her own without my son asking for nothing. Yeah, That's how they're charging with production, because he asked for the picture. They're charging him with production. Yeah, yeah, he never asked for a video. She said to him, after they were exchanging pictures, after he said, like, hey, you know, send me some pictures, she said, you want to see something? He said, yeah, and she sent him a video. And that's on his attorney told me that that's on the text. So, so I, I don't see how he can be charged with production. I'd have to look at that charge in particular and, I, and see how I it is. And they said because he asked for the picture. And I think he also, with one of the girls when he was 17 or something, he had said something like, I'll give you like $25 if you send me a picture of your titties or something like that. But what, so I'm, what he, I'm saying, what I'm saying is a picture is different from a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would have to read exactly how the charge is is defined to understand if they include videos within our pictures, I mean, within production of that sense of that charge is so because it's they're saying that production the law of production is if you coerce um was it coerce um threaten or something else to get the product so they're saying that he coerced her to send him the pictures and the video by asking her to do it well coercion is not a quest it's not an ask first and foremost so you just can't me just going in and asking where where you know for for an item doesn't mean that i coerce somebody into giving me that item it was already yeah. understood by both parties that this item was was up for exchange so there was no yeah, but there, i think because the girl had said something the girl had said like send me money or he had said i'll send you money that's where they're saying the coercion came in then that that's coercion like, it's all in the indictment. Like, in the indictment, like, when you read it, because I want to be 100% upfront honest with you, in the indictment, there is a, after the 16-year-old girl reported her or whatever, they found there's a 14-year-old girl who just turned 15. But that was when my son was 16. My son was underage with that, with whoever this 14-year-old girl is. And his attorney told me that, on all the all the snaps that they had between each other, every girl that my son spoke to said that they were 16 or, or older. But the 14-year-old girl in the indictment is only, he's only being charged with her with possession. He's being charged with the production for the two 16-year-old girls. Does that make sense? It does. 
and and so, wh- and why why are these girls not being charged for for using this social media platform for illicit activities as well? I said that, and they said because they're victims. They're victims. My son's a predator. Case closed because by law they should be charged as well, but they're not. They're victims. So they get to live their life while my son lost his free ride to college. His whole life is ruined now. It's not that it's ruined. It's just altered. Yeah. So, you know, this whole thing is just, this whole thing is just, it's just garbage and it's crap. And they know they have nothing. And, the one attorney that I spoke to up here, he said, what it sounds like to him, he said that most likely they're going to make him sit there for a year to a year and a half, and then they're just going to, like, give him time served so he'll sign a piece of paper saying he's guilty so they can't be sued. And they, because and- they, don't, they don't know what to do with him right now because what I think happened is I think that they thought he was his father. Because his father has the same name. He's a junior. And all the emails that were made under that account were under my my ex-husband's name. So I think that they saw this 40-year-old man, a profile of this 40-year-old, thought it was his dad, and found out that it was the kid. And now they don't know what to do with him. I would say if it was the state, maybe. But the feds, the feds don't make mistakes like that. They, the feds, the state state wanted the case. The state said, we'll take it. Feds were like, nope, we want it. Yeah. And and so they, they knew it was him. Trust me. When I say that, trust me, the feds, when they, when the feds arrest you, when the feds arrest you, they already have enough evidence on you and they're ready to take you to trial in that moment. Yeah. That's how the feds work. The state is different. He got indicted. He got indicted by a grand jury. Well, that's how the feds are. I mean, I was I was indicted by yeah. a grand jury as well. And and see, with my case, where the corruption ensued at was in the grand jury itself because they had no evidence on me. Zero. They, they didn't even know about me until the person that they arrested started cooperating against mm-hmm. me. But the difference was, was that we were arrested at the same time. So how did they get a grand jury indictment against me? If all the evidence they had against me was the person they, they arrested with me at the same time. Yeah. And, and, and I fought tooth and nail to try to get my grand jury testimony, even though that I went to trial, they told me I'm still not privy to it. So I have yep. no idea what was said in front of those people in order to get me indicted. This is where all the corruption is at. I asked for that. The meeting of the minutes to find out how many indicted him and, you know, what, what was said, and his attorney looked at me like I had 17 heads on how I even knew that existed. Right. And he still hasn't seen it. And I told his attorney, I said, look, I said, he needs to see his discovery. And he's like, well, he can't see it because their pictures is illegal. I said, yeah, but nobody knows what came off my kid's phone but my kid. So for all you know, they could have pictures of three-year-old babies in that pile, and my son's the only person who knows if that picture came off of his phone. And they will not show him nothing. They will not show him anything that they have on him. Nothing. Not even the text messages between them. 
Well, I've recorded this whole phone call, and um, and I'll probably turn this into the show right here. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. But I mean, if you, you know, if you could help me out though with like maybe giving like a shout out to his page that Demita made. So because I have the travel expenses to go pick him up because I have to physically go back and get him if he gets pre-trial release at the end of the month. But I'm having a little bit of trouble coming up with that five grand bail. I got two out of the five. So if you could help me out with that, I'd appreciate it. Well, what I, yeah, yeah, what I'll do is um go ahead and go ahead right now and 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 lay out exactly what you just laid out there. But just laid out in in how how to how to get to that link. I'll put the link in the descriptions and stuff. But just lay out exactly yeah. what is it? A GoFundMe? It's a GoFundMe, and it's it's justice for Eric. And the his picture is him in his graduation cap and gown. You know, you'll you'll know it's him when you click on the link. Um, for justice for Eric because he needs to come home. Like he needs pre-trial release because Demita and I are basically his attorneys right now. And we cannot properly defend him while he's sitting in a box. Because if he doesn't get home, he's never going to beat this case. As stupid as it is, if he's left in there, he's he's never going to beat it. He has to be out. He has to come home. I mean, he's, only, he's an 18-year-old child. Like, he's not a grown man. Well, my cousin and, and, and one of the sponsors of my show is, is a federal attorney herself. So I'm going to send her this and have her listen to it, listen to it and get, uh, maybe some, some advice on, on what she yeah, hears from there. And as soon there. as I, as soon as I'm driving right now, but as soon as I pick up my neighbor, I'm going to email you his public records so you can see the indictment you can read everything because like i said i want to be a hundred with everybody like i don't want anybody to think this is anything other than what it is so if you want to pass that whole file over to her you have my permission to do so um as many people as i can get to help me get my son home i'm, I'm willing to do whatever i need to do yeah, we have you know, to. On, well, on first and fact. foremost, we have to we have to get him out because that's the only fair shot at any kind of trial that he's going to get. He's not going to get a fair a fair trial being in prison, or being no, being not in jail. At all. So, we definitely have to get him out there. Um, I'll add the link. I'll get the link to the GoFundMe. Add that in the description. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you the link so you can um post it off and then um yeah you have my number so if there's anything else that you need from me. Um, or if anybody has any questions, I mean, they can either reach out to you and you can reach out to me or, you know, my messenger is still up. I did get rid of my social media um, because I was told by probation that's probably my best interest for my son to come home because I had to agree to, you know, home monitoring for him, which is fine. But I also had to agree to let the feds put some kind of software in my router to keep track of my Internet usage. So there's no... Nobody in my home has social media anymore, but I still have my messenger off, and it's on the Jessica Maloney. It's M-E-L-O-N-E-Y. So if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to contact me or you or, you know, Demita, you know, however, you know, however you want to handle it. Dang, so the, 
Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. And and the the court will ban his Internet for life. Yeah. Like, like he'll have no computer access. If he was caught on a public computer somewhere and somebody knew it, they could call the police and have him charged with that. Yep, and he'd have to register, too, for the rest of his life. He'd never be able to pick up his own children from school. Yeah. He'd never be able to take his own child to a playground. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a three-year-old brother who's in the car with me right now that he would never be able to have an actual relationship with because if he gets found guilty or if he takes a plea, you know, it, he's ruined. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's everything. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he will never have a career in anything. He'll always have a bottom-end job. If he ever had yeah. a job, because nobody nobody would hire him as soon as they did a background check and saw the charge, you know yeah. that that it, his whole life would would be very very monumentally difficult. Yeah, I know, and it's you know, and, and it's yeah, all and it's, and it's all and it's all just at a at a political game. That's all it is. It it's, is. It's all for a corrupt prosecutor and and a, and a whole process, a, a corrupt process. So. Yeah. I've shown in my podcast time and time again, these people do not care about us. They do not care about the communities. All they care about is feeding their agenda, which is keeping the prison industrial system full, churning and making the money that it's making so that they can send the money wherever that they send it from and live in their big houses and all of that. Meanwhile, we're expected to keep working, keep paying taxes and when we lose our children to the system, we're expected just to comply with it. Yeah, well, like I told Demita the first time I met her, and if you call her, she'll verify this. Like, they're not taking my child. They cannot have my child. Absolutely not. Like, I had told everybody from the jump, if this was a case where, you know, it was an 11-year-old girl, a 10-year-old girl, a 12-year-old girl... You and I would be having a completely different conversation right now because then there would be something upstairs with my son that's not right. I would still be fighting for my son, but I wouldn't be fighting for him to get out. I'd be fighting for him to get the right kind of help. That is not what happened. My son was a 17-year-old teenager, a normal teenager, talking to other teenage girls that are in his dating pool that he could legally have sex with in the state of Kansas because the age of consent is 16 to have sex. And he committed a crime that he did not know that he was committing. Because in what world would anybody hand over their phone, hand over all their information to an FBI agent knowing that they had something illegal on their phone? He would have never done that. He shouldn't have done it from the start. He should have, but, but we don't know these things. Yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. He's not a criminal. We He's don't, not a yeah, criminal. The, the, common, the common citizen don't know these things. And, and more importantly... The message in this right here is stop using these social media platforms for personal use. Yeah. Because he's not some mastermind, you know, I mean, he put the email in his, you know, his own, his own email, his own name. I mean, like they, it led him right to it. I mean, he's not some criminal mastermind that was, you know what I mean? He doesn't, he was a child. They can tell me all day, well, he's 18, he's an adult. Okay, that's great. But if my son walked into a bar right now, he's a child. If he walked into a casino, he's a child. Don't tell me one situation he's an adult, and then in another situation he's a child. What is he? He's either an adult or he's a child. And he's an 18-year-old child that's never been in trouble, had a good 
path, a good future. He was going to be a child psychologist. That's what he was going for before all this happened. Worked his ass off for a scholarship, a full ride, and it all got taken away from him for something stupid. If I have to go out, you know, beg, borrow, and steal to come up with the rest of this bail money, I will do that. I'm My just, son will be home with me. I'm just curious on how this investigation was even conducted and ran because he was not doing he was not doing anything illegal when it was brought to their attention but yet they continued the investigation more than likely because like you said they knew he was getting ready to turn 18 years old and they knew that this and they knew he never posted anything. He never did anything with the pictures. He kept them. He never sent them out to his buddies. Nothing. And he was getting ready to turn 18 years old, and they knew that this relationship wasn't going to stop. So they continued the investigation, knowing that here in a few months, they were going to be able to charge this person. Not a few months, a few days. A few days. They had everything they needed to arrest him. They waited for three days, and then they filed the paperwork. Well, because they didn't, they they they, they knew they couldn't arrest him then. No, they didn't arrest him until September first. He was, he turned eighteen August first. Right. But they filed all the paperwork on his birthday of August. When they could have just kicked this to the state, and the state told me that he would have got thirty days probation and a three hundred dollar fine. If they would have kicked it to the state when he was 17 when they knew about him. And they did not. I'm telling you, there's something going on here, and it's a lot bigger than my son. And to also make you a point that my son is also the youngest person ever to be convicted this way federally. For an 18-year-old to be convicted on a 16-year-old, it's never happened. There's no other He's the only one to be tried this way. So if they're trying to make an example out of him, I don't know. But my son is looking at 70 years for a nonviolent crime that he didn't even know this girl. And the second thing is that in the state of Kansas, they have a law, and you can look it up. It's called a teen sexing law. They made this law because this is not a new occurrence between teenagers. They do it all the time. Under the teen sexting law, my son, Paul, is for ages 12 to 19, so they do not get caught up in this kind of, of crime. They can either be charged at state level or federal, according to the prosecutor, however they want to pursue it. My son falls under the teen sexting laws, and the prosecutor is refusing to charge him that way. And you can look it up. Look up the teen sexting laws of Kansas, and my son falls right in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading it now. Yep. He falls right in there. So it says, this is House Bill 2501. And it's an act concerning crimes, punishment, and criminal procedure creating the crimes of unlawful transmission of a visual depiction of a child 
and unlawful possession of a visual depiction of a child relating to blackmail, breach of privacy, jurisdiction and venue, crime committed with an electronic device, prohibiting offender registration for certain crimes. New section, new section 1A, unlawful transmission of a visual depiction of a child is knowingly transmitted a visual depiction of a child 12 or more years of age, but less than 18 years of age in a state of nudity when the offender is less than 19 years of age. Yep, and there's also one in there where it says where the victim sent the picture themselves. There's also one in there where it says where the child sent the picture of themselves. But he falls under that category, and he still, the prosecutor will not charge him that way. He's charging him as an adult in federal court for for sexual exploitation of a child, two counts and a and a thing of possession. And when you read the indictment, you'll see that my son falls under those teen section laws. They had them made because this is this is a problem. Kids do this all the time. My son's not the original. He's not the first one to go, oh, you have a phone? Show me a picture of your boot. Like, I guarantee you he's not the first. Well, it says here in E that the provisions of this section shall not apply to transmission of a visual depiction of a child in a state of nudity by the child who is the subject of such visual depiction. Okay, well, go go handle your business because he needs attention. Yeah, he's over here having a fit. So yeah, just call me back if you need anything else. Okay. All right, and I appreciate it. I sent you that link, so if you could help me out with that, I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Be safe. You too. Bye bye. going on uh i'm good how you doing man i'm blessed man i'm blessed eric right yeah yeah hey so how how are you doing i'm all right i mean uh probably not the better probably i'm just chilling i haven't done much man just playing cards all day yeah yeah how are you doing man i'm i'm okay man this is about you you know so I'm 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 just first and foremost like how are you being treated in the dorm? You're in a what kind of dorm are you in? Uh, I don't know. I'm in a jail, Lake Harvey County. I got a gap pod. I got down. It's like a pod. And it's a federal hold. Yeah, it's federal hold. Okay. Okay. Now I don't want to discuss. I've been thinking this whole time about what to um to really talk about it. I really don't want to discuss anything about the case because I know that this phone is being recorded, right? And one thing I one thing I want you to know, I went through federal trial. Okay, I went through a 10 I went through a 10-day federal trial. Anything that you say on this phone, 
your prosecutor is, is going to get on his desk and he's going yeah. and he's going to listen to every word that you say on this phone from the whole time that you're in there. Yeah. Okay? And he's going to look for anything to use against you even if you say something that he can manipulate. This is what he's going to do. Yeah. Okay? Now, what they did with me is they moved me to different places all over the state. And and they were putting yeah. they were putting plants, they were putting rats in different places so that when I showed up, these rats would come to me and act like they were my friends and things like that to try to extort information out of me, which they did yeah. because I was completely ignorant to it. And they did. And, and, and it really messed me up because I had a motion that would have thrown the whole case out. But I trusted somebody who was on my case and I didn't know him. But he was on my case. I didn't even know he was on my case. But they moved me. They moved me halfway across the state and put me in a pod with him. And he came up and and just befriended me, you know. So do not trust anybody about anything and and get rid of this attorney. Right. Because these people play a serious game. Okay, they're trying to take your life. That's what this is. This is this is this is a game of life right now, Eric. And these people are playing chess with your life. And at the end of the day, all they care about is a conviction because that prosecutor wants to take your conviction and stick it in his file so that when it comes for a chance for him to earn a little bit more money, he can say, uh, well, I've I have this many convictions and, and all of this stuff. This is all that these disgusting human beings care about. So. You, you, this is, this is a game of your life and it's very, very critical because one mistake can cost you your life or at least half of it trying to undo what that mistake did. So get rid of this attorney because this attorney has already shown that his, that, that your interest is not his concern. Am I correct with that? Yeah. Yeah. I told him, babe, everything that's been going on with the attorney. So he knows everything about how he sabotaged you getting out with your braces, how just everything. Well, the the biggest, the biggest thing is, is him going in and, and trying to coerce you into a plea bargain 10 days after you've been arrested without you even seeing your discovery or any of that. That right there is yeah. a, that right there is a no brainer. You're out of here. So it's, yeah. it's telling the judge exactly that. That is the reason why I don't trust my attorney and I want a new attorney. There's nothing else to discuss. Eric, you have to remember, you were protected by the Constitution of America, no matter what these people say. Okay, they have a job and they have to do things the right way, even though that a lot of times they don't. You'll always have a chance when your constitutional rights have been violated. So as long as you stay in the confines of your constitutional rights, which is to a right to a fair trial. You have the right to a fair trial. And what that means is that you have the right to an attorney that is going to defend you in all accordance of the law. Defend you. You're the boss, Eric. These people do not tell you what to do or suggest anything to you. You tell them. And that and that's the bottom line. And I know I know you're young. It's scary. And these people are very intelligent and articulate and they manhandle people all day every day they're they are skilled technicians at what they do yeah you they don't have your mom and and they don't have listen and they don't have us 
There's plenty of people out here who have much experience. Like I say, I spent 13 years in the feds. I know these people's game. They locked me up under conspiracy with no evidence of, of anything whatsoever. So I know their game and I know how they play it when they don't have anything. So it's, it's just protecting yourself. You talk about nothing to no one, even your mom on this phone. I gave your mom instructions on how to work around some of this stuff. So, however, she can get that to you. Okay. But, um... Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about anything over the phone and stuff. We're just normal, you know, how are you, what do you do type of stuff. We, we know that. Yeah. Eric, they're trying to pin, they're, they're trying to pin this on you. And they're going to look for any way to do that. Any way. Any way. You trust nothing nobody says until we get you a new attorney and your mom sits down with that attorney and maybe I can even be privy to the call or maybe even Demet or one of us and we'll get a, and we'll get a feel of that attorney to know whether they're they're with you or not because all they'll do is just take one this public defender out and stick you with another public defender of the same manner because you can only ask for counsel so many times and they know that so when they have they have 5 counsel in their pocket They'll just rotate those five. And then after about the third time, the judge is going to tell you, well, no, you're kind of stuck with this one. Yeah. So these are the games that they play. Okay. Now, even though Mitch told you that if you get rid of him, he's going to fight you to stay on your case, uh-huh. you need to get rid of him. He used so many times to get you to keep him on your case. when you have, We had the chance to get rid of him, and I told you not to because he said that you'd come home if you didn't. Do we have that in recording, him saying that, by chance? No, well, I mean, he talked to my son, the, like I said, the Friday before, and he said, like, yeah, we can, you can definitely, you know, go home on pre-trial release because of your mail. And he knew that I was coming down for that. He knew that Eric was asking for that. He told him that if you say you don't want me, then there's no way they're going to give you pre-trial release because you're not going to have an attorney. So if you want to go home, you have to keep me. Right? Is that what he told you, babe? Yeah. So he kept him, and an opening statement, the judge had said, okay, well, like, do you want to keep your attorney? What's going on? And he said, yes, I want to keep him. We talked, and he said that, you know, he would help me out, and he would come see me more, and he would do this, and he would do that. And then it jumped into pre-trial release, and then he told him he didn't think he needs to go home. Oh, uh, uh, I got that letter. I got it. Okay, did you mail it out? I'll mail it out tonight. Mail it out tonight. So I signed uh, it, I and he well, that's fine, but you have to sign it and you have to date it. I know. I know. Okay. He's sending another letter to the judge about his pre-trial release date, trying to get himself. We're trying to get him his own hearing because his attorney said that he couldn't get one. Did your attorney say? Your attorney said that you wanted to go home and find a reason to have a hearing? Is that what he said to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, do you so have... He's not going to uh... put the motion in for him. He asked him to put the motion in and he said no. Well, any any communication with this attorney from this point on is is done in writing, and and make sure that um that anything that's decided upon is is uh is in writing because you just can't trust him, and you know that he's he's not for for your defense. Do you have? Are they giving you access to the law library? Uh, yeah, we do, but it's kind of broken right now. It's on a touch screen. It's kind of. Uh, 
How long has it been down? About two, two weeks, maybe. The law library, what, what, what county jail are you in? Harvey, Harvey County. Harvey County in Wichita, Kansas? Newton, Kansas. Okay. And so the law library has been down for two weeks and you have no access. So when the law library goes down, those inmates have no access to any type of legal work whatsoever. Yeah, no access. Yeah, no, there's like zero. Like if I click, I'm clicking on it right now and it's a blank screen. Okay. All right. It was down for the first five months. Yeah, and then they fixed it randomly, and then I guess it just broke again. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I have a podcast. It's a pretty big podcast. Okay. It's a pretty big podcast. I got I got a lot of supporters and I deal with organizations all over the country. Okay. And we are trying to we're trying to bring down this corrupt justice system that that has been in place for so long to take advantage of people like you, people like me, you know, things of that nature. We've come to a point, Eric, to where these prosecutors put egregious amounts of charges on individuals to coerce them into pleading out because they know that one trial probably isn't sustainable. Two, they don't have enough evidence to go to trial. And three, the whole agenda is to convict as many people as they can because that's how they that's how they control the vote. So. They'll they'll put these astronomical amount of charges on an individual to coerce them and scare them into a plea. This is why your attorney, the first thing that he did was want to get you to plea out. This is what the attorneys do, right? Yeah. They they come in and they try to coerce you into taking a, a plea. So the, the 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 attorney and the prosecutor will work together, and the attorney will uh, make a deal with the prosecutor, you know, maybe get you to plea out so he can get a more significant case, um, a little bit less time on that case. So however, these, these people work this stuff out, but the bottom line is they don't care about us. That's, that's not all of them, but when they show their colors, you have to read people, Eric, you have to read people. You have to look them in their eyes. You have to listen to what they say. You can tell a lot. Uh-huh. You can tell a lot by looking into a person's eyes and and reading yeah, the no, person. I've, uh, I've learned that. I've been in here with multiple different things, people, and everything. You have to know that any person, any person that comes to you and asks you about your case is suspect, right? Any okay. any yeah. anybody that comes and and wants to trade soups with you or whatever is suspect. You have to know the agenda of everybody around you and why they, why they are approaching you because you are under attack from all areas. They I, does the uh-huh. does the dorm have cameras in there? No. Okay. Yeah, there's none in here. 
Your mail is going to be monitored as well. Yeah, my mail is going to monitor. I mean, uh, my mom, I got mail. I said it got here on the 13th. I didn't get it till last night. But other than that, yeah. how, how how are you doing mentally? Are, are, are you... I mean, I'm good. I mean, majority, you know, I'm just hanging in there. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just hanging in there, just waiting. You know, no, I'm feeling what to do. That kind of makes sense. What what is your day? What does your day look like? Uh, I wake up at four in the morning, eat cereal, go back to bed, and then I well, I go to rec every day. Then I play cards all day, and then wait for try wait for dinner, lunch, and dinner. That's it. I mean, I play cards all day, really. Yeah. I'm uh, getting an hour at rec. That's about it. Do you, That's really all I do. Do you work out at rec? I do, yeah. I do. It's the only thing to really do. I mean, I don't play basketball. I play that basketball. Well, anything to sw- anything to exert energy because that is what's going to keep you sane. That's what's gonna. Yeah, that's yeah. it's gonna keep you sane. It's gonna keep that aggression down in you. You know what I mean? It's it's you have to exert that energy. So so whether it's push ups, you know what I mean. Even if if you're in your cell, if you start feeling anxious, worried, scared, anything like that, do push ups. Just wear it out of you. That's all I used to do. When I was in solitary yeah. confinement, I would I would sit there and I would I would do push ups. I would do two thousand push ups a day throughout the day, you know, just, yeah. j- just to keep that stress down. So don't, don't become overwhelmed, anything like that. My phone is open to you, partner. Anytime that you need to talk to somebody about anything. Okay. I got you. I remember that. And your name is Tom? Thomas. Right? Yeah. Thomas. Thomas Freeman. Thomas. Okay. I got you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm Eric, obviously. How's the how's the food quality? It's pretty shit. I mean, it's not great. I mean, it is. It's just it's what you expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What you expect? Yeah, it doesn't change. It's the same thing every week, just different days. How's the health in in the institution as far as uh this this COVID as they call it or whatever? Um, they don't do nothing about it here. Uh, they don't do nothing about it here. I remember when we got locked down for COVID, they let everyone out for one hour, so there was no point in the lockdown, really. But, you know, they let keep the people who had it out for one hour. You touch everything out to everybody else. So, I mean, it really didn't do nothing. Um, yeah, it, it, it was, it, they don't do nothing about it, really. Yeah, because they know it's a lie. Yeah. They really don't do nothing about it. They really don't do anything here, really. <laughs> but take the taxpayers' money. That's it. It's a warehouse. That's all it is. The county jails are warehouses for the prosecutors to feed through and get rid of the ones that they don't want. And the ones they do want, they convict and send off to a bigger warehouse. This is That's all this system is. Yeah. That's all this system is. Yeah. The whole time, how, yeah. how long have you been in there? Uh, eight, eight, eight or nine months, something like that. Like eight months. In the same pot? Yeah, same pod, same area, same area I haven't left. So, how many people have you seen come and go in that pod? Oh, like four. Four or five, maybe. So, that's not a, a big transition pod where people come and go? Not really, because usually it's a lot of cases, get, a lot of sex cases get pushed back a lot. Ah. Uh, 
How many people? Yeah, that's the mixture. That's the mixture of state and fed. Really? Yeah, they were all mixed in. That's something they're not supposed to do either. Oh, yeah? No. No, well, they're not supposed to mix state inmates and federal inmates together at all. Oh, well, that's what they do. And here, that's what they do. That is another unconstitutionality. That is very illegal because that state inmate can attack you and then sue the federal government. Yeah. They were doing it all the time in the county jails. Yeah, I believe it. A lot, a lot of it, it, a lot of illegalities and a lot of unconstitutionalities for something that you want to call a justice system. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I understand it. But yeah, they really, I mean, they really don't do much here. I mean, it's so no I mean, law library, and they got you no, mixed in no. with state inmates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the very reason I've been here. Apparently, they do it all the time, even before I got here. And see, the taxpayers pay for the federal uh-huh. government to separate federal inmates. The, the federal government is given that jail. There's a contract with the federal government for that jail to house federal inmates. Yes. And that's being violated. That contract's being violated because they're supposed to keep you separate. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Oh, believe me, I know, partner. This is what my podcast is: is just unco- just just showing all of this, showing the the, the the American people what's really going on and where their taxpayers are going. So when they're out here working sixty, eighty hours every week, th- these are some of the reasons yeah. why, because they're just they're just they're just warehousing people and sucking the money out of the American people. Yeah. But I bet you your prosecutor on your case doesn't care about that, though, does he? He's not going to go after that. Yeah. No, no, no. No, of course not. What's your prosecutor's name? Uh, Jason Hart. Jason Hart. Okay. Yeah. H-A-R-T. H-A-R-T as in Thomas? Yeah. Okay. All right, Eric, is there, um, is there anything you want to say, partner? Uh, nothing right now, really. I mean, I was really doing, I was just playing cards. I got nothing really to think right now. I mean, I'm, I mean, I got that letter I got sent out tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Explaining, so. But no, I mean, but thank you for talking to me. I appreciate it. Anything I can do, man. Because oh. like I said earlier, one mistake can kill everything. And, and a lot of cases have been taken down on the spade table, partner. Yeah. People sit around and play yeah. spades and talk about their cases and things of that nature. Do not do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to say, they told me, a lot of people here told me that, like, if my thing was state, I would, I would have been, like, probation. That's what it been it. Like, I don't know. Like, there's no reason for it to really become federal. Well, no, and and that's why this what I don't understand. There's an agenda behind this for some reason. This is why I say it's very important that you do not make a mistake, Eric, because there's something behind this. This isn't something that the feds would pick up unless there's something behind it that that you don't know. There's a there's a reason the federal government do not make mistakes, Eric. They do not make mistakes. These people are precise. Okay. there's a reason why they're charging you and trying to give you all that time. Yeah. So well, I'll figure it out. In the meantime, partner, just sit in there, play cards, shut up, sleep, work out. That's it. Yep. That's my usual daily daily thing. So we only got a minute left, so I'll call you I will give you a call some other time. Just keep 
eye out for it. 